Hello, everybody out here in the garden. Hi. Yeah, everybody sit down. Yes, we're all outside. Sit down on those hills. No, the, you won't hurt the flowers. This is Pastor Deborah. Remember, we're in the presence of God. When Pastor Deborah teaches, yeah, you have been brought here into this special, special spiritual place here on the earth. No, you're not dead. No, you're not in heaven or paradise. This is the Garden of Eden, the very spot on earth of God's pleasure and delight. Yeah, it's been here all along, spiritually, but it's been hidden and protected by a flaming sword and a high, fiery cherubim. Yeah, Pastor Deborah had to learn how to find it. I went on a great quest. I learned through the word of God that the entrance would be ministered, opened up, revealed to me if I did some things. And I had some things in my life and in my spirit and my soul from the word of God. That'll be another wonderful teaching for all of you to learn. But right now we are picking up in setting the captives free. Lesson number five. I have been taking you on a short journey that Pastor Deborah went on. Yeah, remember I was a mental health counselor. I was helping people in the ways of the world, the ways of mental illnesses and diseases, licensed by the state, nationally certified as a clinical mental health counselor. I wasn't very good at it, but that was the only direction and leading I had from parents, from society and culture, in how you help people with problems. I knew people had problems. I had studied people. I had read their biographies. And I was born into a family of military. My father was an officer. And we were raised up to be freedom fighters, to give our lives so other people and nations could be free. And we would help them to set them free. We saw that in World War I, World War II, that a whole continent became captive and enslaved and in bondage. Yeah. And it took a freed nation to come in with some other nations who were not in that trap, in that bondage, to set the whole continent of Europe free. Yeah. So first you have to recognize there are some people in bondage here on planet Earth. Some of them it is the whole nation, their culture, and it's all also they're in bondage in their thoughts and ideas and concepts. And Pastor Deborah grew up in that kind of family. Then, somewhere along my life, God started saying, that's not where I want you to be. I want you to set the captives free. But as you learn through these lessons, I didn't know who these captives were. I knew about World War I and World War II, but that wasn't the captives that this Lord of the Holy Bible that was calling Pastor Deborah into ministry, that wasn't the kind of captives he was talking about. He was talking about spiritual captives. Yeah. 
I knew nothing about them. And the other lessons you start seeing how I had to be introduced to this new kind of captive, this new kind of bondage and slavery and oppression. And who were the taskmasters? And who were the slave owners? And where was all of this? On planet Earth. Right in my own family, right in my own city and culture, and even in the churches that I attended. I had a lot to learn. And God started putting me through these classes. A journey I was going on, walking slowly. I was yoked with him. And he was teaching me, not only that I was going to be setting captives free, but I had to know who they were. So in this lesson, lesson number five, we're going to pick up on that journey that I, Pastor Deborah, went on. We're going to work through some script, not scriptures, but stories. And then we're going to get into definitions of what a captive is, what setting it free means, according to this God, the Lord, that I was going to be serving. But right now, he wants me to tell you a few more of my stories and how he used me and how he will use you if you desire to also help him set spiritual captives free. But before we begin, what does Pastor Deborah always love to do? That's right. Have a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, this time, this hour. Here in the garden with all of these wonderful, precious human spirits and all of the creatures in the garden of your teaching through the spirits of words of light and life coming through Pastor Deborah's spirit and anointed with the Holy Spirit, that their spirits would hear spiritual truths, be fed and nourished, and that what was lost to them, or never ever had a chance to go to school to learn because of the fall into the darkness of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, until they became one with their soul. They never got to learn this. So we thank you for helping us now to learn. Thank you, Father, for the many adventures and journeys, tests and trials of Pastor Deborah. I thank you for helping me to pass because I knew you were in a hurry to help them. So, Father, we thank you for all you are doing now. For your work continues, for your heart has never changed. To reach them, touch them, set them free, bring deliverance and healing to them. Even now, this day, you are about your work. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. In lesson number four, I had talked to you about some stories. One was called The Vision, where God opened up the spiritual world to me. The hands crying out, reaching up, seeking help, because I didn't know who these captives were. Then he took me through years, I call it the valley of tears, where I just cried for them. Never met them, didn't know who they were. I knew they were on planet earth, and I would cry for God to send somebody to help them. And I kept begging him and begging him to help them, to send somebody 
Because my brain at that time was thinking, send a pastor, somebody with a Ph.D., somebody will travel to wherever. And he said, no, I'm going to send you, Pastor Deborah. And I said, God, I don't know what to do. I'm not educated, not trained. I don't know how to help them. I don't even know where they are. I said, I will teach you. And then he asked me that question. What was my heart's desire in a praise and worship? And I said to the Holy Spirit that I would become the spiritual mother, shepherd, pastor of all those in multi-generational Satanism, the occult, the psychics, into vampirism, the goth, heavy metal music, homosexuality. In the LGBT community, those in faith that do not believe in you, those that have no faith, those that are in religion. And he said it was done. I was anointed to be a spiritual mother, a spiritual shepherd, and a pastor to all these spirits. Oh, they all had physical bodies. They were real people. They were all over the world. Now I'm going to pick up how he started continuing to lead me and guide me and grow me into being a true spiritual freedom fighter for him, a warrior. It was like becoming a Navy SEAL that you could take me into enemy territory. I could work behind enemy lines. I could work as a soldier. I studied a lot of World War I and World War II movies. I studied military soldier training. I watched it. I watched the enemy of Hitler, Nazi Germany, and even Russia, and Marxism and communism. I studied. I learned the way of how do you set people free? What was the goals of governments and oppression? I studied ancient civilizations when they had war and they took in slaves. And what they used as a weapon of war, rape and pillaging and burning chains and slavery i had to study i had lots of movies lots of wonderful fairy tales and books and stories to read i read true stories about people who fled oppressive countries and nations yeah one was a russian pilot who flew a mig and he flew the airplane out go watch the movie the hunt for red october with Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin, you will see how people want to be free. And it goes on today. Governments are oppressing people because they are not of God and they are not of the kingdom of heaven. So in this lesson of setting the captives free, lesson number five, I want to tell you the story of the anointing. One day I was in praise and worship in a church service Brownsville Assembly of God, probably about 1996, maybe. And the pastor was teaching on the Abraham blessing and how he was anointed and blessed to be wealthy. And he asked if anybody wanted that, like Abraham got, to raise your hands and he would pray this blessing on us. So I raised my hands and God said, I am going to put a blessing on you, an anointing, that will draw all human spirits to you. They will come to you in the spirit, not to hurt you, but to hear your words. I'm going, 
okay. Then the pastor said, do you want a double anointing? So I raised my hands again. And God poured into me or released from his Holy Spirit in me a double blessing. I knew right then and there God was going to be drawing human spirits to me no matter where I was. In dreams, in Walmart, in the car, at home, taking a walk, cutting the grass. It did not matter. He would draw them to me. Yeah. To hear me, to be loved by me. And I'll tell you, that happened. And I have some wonderful stories. But first, before he could do that, I had to become one with this father. Just like Christ Jesus was. We learn from this Jesus Christ that he and his father were the same. They were one. He was in me and I was in him. This is not my work I'm doing, he said, but his work. This is not me speaking to you, but the father speaking to you. So I learned that was the pattern I was to have. Be one with this God of the kingdom of heaven. And during this time, I am watching Dr. Miles Monroe from the Bahamas Faith Ministry. He was teaching on the kingdom of heaven and that I was a king of it. All about its government and the purposes for the church. It was wonderful. I actually have a lot of his videos on the website under Spiritual Teaching by Dr. Miles Monroe. So I learned I needed to be one with God in order to do this work, setting the captives free. So one night I'm on vacation up in Canada with the family. I'm laying in bed next to husband and I hear this spirit say to me, I want to be one with you. Now first you have to have that desire and then they go, okay, I want to be one with you also and I'm going... I got a spirit talking to me. Spiritually. Now there was a test out of the Bible. The spiritual test that I was to do on this spirit was out of the book in the New Testament of the King James Bible. 1 John 4, 1, let me look, through 3. Let me read it to you. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Verse 2. Hereby know you the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Verse 3. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this spirit is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard it should come, and even now already is in the world. I knew I was to test that spirit that was talking to me up in my vacation that wanted to be one with me. So I asked it, what Lord and Master do you serve? 
Now remember, I knew this test because I'd studied the word. And it said, I, I serve the Lord. I go, that's not good enough. What Lord do you serve? I serve the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who now sits on the right hand of the Father in the kingdom of heaven, who came in the flesh to earth, walked 33 years in a dirt earthen body, went to a cross on Calvary, was crucified for the sin of the world, went into hell and set the captives free rose up and ascended back to his throne in a glorified body and now sits in his heavenly kingdom. That's the God and Lord I serve. I go, okay, he passed the test. Now, was this an angel? No, this was probably God himself. I have had to learn how to use this test many, many times. I do it in church. I do it with people. I do it in the spirit. Now, there have been a time, there is a story called the garden hose where I missed it. I heard something speaking to me. I didn't challenge it, and I failed. But God gave me time to recover and do it again, and I've passed. This is a vital test. Most believers do not test prophets, the pastors, the teachers. They don't, the psychics. They do not do this test on voices they hear. They just feel led. It's a feeling they have. It's very specific, and I passed this spirit that wanted to be one with Pastor Deborah, which I knew was the pattern from Jesus Christ and the Father. So I knew I had to get there. So I said, okay. And this spirit exploded in me. And his spirit and my spirit became one. Yes. And I'm laying in bed. Nobody heard it but me. You have to have that experience. You have to become one with the great I am. The Lord Jehovah, Yahweh, to set the captives free his way. With him as a partner, working in the Spirit with all the gifts of the Spirit. Problem is, I didn't have any gifts. I knew about them. And here's how I started receiving them. Once I had become one with the Lord. One day, very early, maybe in 1996, this happened. I was walking into a door in a university here in Pensacola, Florida. And there was a man and two ladies in front of me. And the man turned around and looked at me and the other person that was with me. His mouth never moved, but I heard him say this, I don't want to hold open that door for those two people. And I looked, I go, oh my God, am I hearing voices? I'm hearing this guy talk. But his mouth wasn't moving. What was going on? And I went to the Word and I saw that Jesus Christ, when he was one with his Father, moving in the gifts of the Spirit, he could perceive, hear their thoughts. Yeah. So I started hearing people think. It was really their soul connected to their spirit. Now, I thought maybe I was a little crazy. So I went and studied some other people who also moved in this gift called 
the discerning of spirits. It's where you peer into the world of the spirit realm. You can hear, you can see, you are a seer. You are connected at a deep level. When the gift is in operation in your life, I didn't activate it. I couldn't activate it. That was not my call. The call was the Holy Spirit to activate this gift with my spirit so my spirit could do spirit work, spirit to spirit. It was called the gift of discerning of spirits. Then I started studying all the gifts and I moved in every one of them whenever they were needed. And it didn't matter. I just knew my spirit had to be ready to receive them and and have them in operation in my life so I could set the captives free, be about the Father's spiritual work. And I looked at Jesus, I studied his life again, and I saw all of the gifts at work through him. He could hear people thinking. He could take care of business without even speaking. He had the gift of prophecy. He was a seer. He could see what the real problem was with these people. But there are some people say, I'll teach you how to activate them. They're not my gifts. They are for the Father's purposes. He knows what my spirit needs to minister, to provide ministry, whether it's healing, deliverance, teaching, to set spiritual captives free. That's his business. All I had to do was have my spirit be in agreement with that, be knowledgeable of the gifts, and ask God to help my spirit so that when he puts into operation in my spirit, my spirit is able to minister. Could be a word of knowledge. Could be that I see and hear God himself. I don't have to feel him. I can hear him. Mm-hmm. So I had to have those gifts in operation in my life. So I studied them. And once I read, there were some other people that moved in the gift of discerning of spirits. They used it as a prophet or a seer because they could see things and hear things. I was to be using it as a pastor, a shepherd, a spiritual healer and deliverer. So I was moving and God was helping me, getting me ready because I didn't know how to help people his way. I wanted him to send people because I didn't know where to go. I had no knowledge of this, no training, no experience. Once that gift started becoming operational in my spiritual life, it became the dominant form. I also get words of knowledge. I have healing. I have miracles. The only one that I never seem to get, it's called the interpretation of tongues. I always have to ask God for the interpretation, but that's okay. But he is working even now. So when I listen to other people's languages from other nations, that without ever studying their language, I know what they're saying. Yeah. So you have to be moving and willing and understanding and be free for God to use your spirit the way he wants to use it and put the gifts that he needs in you operational through you at the time it needs to happen and I never know when that is but I let him know help my spirit to always be ready 
24-7 for him. Yeah. So that was another part of the training and the journey that I had to take. And what happened is years later, as we get into more stories, I became very sensitive to the spirit realm, to human spirits, demonic spirits, moving through anything. I would see demonics in trees. I, I would hear human spirits hanging out in Perdido Bay. Yeah, they would come in cats. They would go in and out of people. I'll tell you this one story. This was tremendous. There was a young man named Isaac. He is dead now. He's in heaven. I led him to the Lord. He was my spiritual son. And he had gotten saved. He's a multi-generational high king and high priest of the Black Forest Clan, which was dissolved. And I got his daughter saved. I got his son saved. And the whole Black Forest Clan out of Germany was dissolved. Well, one day I'm at this university. I was giving GED tests, another test, and the testing director, a very heavy set lady, came out and sat down on the bench and she called me to her and said, I am fixing to die. And would you please come and give me a hug before I die? This lady never talked to me like that. That wasn't her. That was Isaac. He was inside her body, and he was making use of her human body, talking through her mouth and her vocal cords, wanting a hug from Pastor Deborah, because he was going to a meeting, and he was going to die. Now, he didn't die there. So I had that experience. Then I would see the same Isaac. He would come into people in a nursing home who were in wheelchairs so I could hug him. He was seeking this love of God, seeking love of a mama that didn't hurt him, seeking this touch of God. He came in cats that came in my house. He came through his daughter. He came through people, pastors that were preaching in churches. That was the power of the human spirit to go inside other human bodies. I didn't know any of this when I got started. He used to have lots of children, and one time, years later, he brought one of his sons from California to this revival. I was on the prayer team. The young man came up and said, Could you please pray for me? I said, Sure. What's your name? He said, Isaac from California. They wanted prayer coming through me. It was really they wanted God to touch them. They didn't know how to get to him directly. And I had to learn how to be sensitive. Then I had to start seeing the demonic side. And even Satan himself coming through family members, through animals. I had to be sensitive enough of discerning of the spirit to know what side was behind the weather and the storms. And even this COVID virus. Yes. And what the plan was. And what is really going on in all governments. And everything. What's the purpose? I had a lot to learn. And what was I had the main thing? Oh, that was vital. To set the captives free. But there was one more. That I had to study over and over and over again. The very heart of the Father. From Isaiah 61 and 62. 
And until I knew what these captives were, why they were captives, what I was to try to do and help them, till I studied Isaiah 61 and 62, I didn't know. But this was spoken by this Christ Jesus in the temple when he said these words have been fulfilled, this prophecy today in your hearing. So on the next lesson of setting the captives free, we'll work through Isaiah 61 and 62. I already have it in great detail in the teleministry, but I'm going to go through it and show you the bondage words, the oppressed words, the condition of these spirits, which was all of humanity. Even though if you see a leader, a politician, a business owner, uh any uh, religious leader, I had to look past that to their spirits. And I had to see the condition of their spirit. I had to use these gifts, the blessing that was put on me, the anointing that was given to me. And I had to also be aware I would be tested and tried for the anointing. Because you can be given powerful blessings and anointing and use it for your own purpose, your own financial gain, your own glory, your own reputation. And I was tested, yes. What was the most important thing to me? Ministry, the anointing, the blessing, or just God? Three days in the deserts, it's called. Yeah. So all of these stories are pretty much on the website of Agape Love, Love is Here that you can read. I am making videos of all of them to put them up. But this one, these were the three major things right now. I had to have the blessing. I had to be one with God. I had to have the gift of discerning of spirits and have all the others. In order to set the spiritual captives free, to be sent in the spirit. This was a spiritual work God was doing in me to get his work done. It was not a work of mental health counseling. It's not a work of the flesh. It's not a work of giving out food and peanut butter and building houses and schools. It wasn't that. It was for the spirit and the subconscious soul. But God was working with the spirit. He works with that first, and then that information gets transferred, renews, and transforms the mind of the subconscious, the soul. And it has to give up its old way of thinking and culture and traditions and belief and, and die and be rebirthed as the true helpmate to the spirit. My soul went through that. Yes, it did. It's in a story called It's Time. It's on the website. And what happens is now the spirit can come through with no interference, no defilement, no ick, no satanic stuff on my soul. It comes through as pure light to you. Yeah. So I was beginning, and it took years, but while I was getting these things, because God was in a hurry, I was trying to keep up with him as fast as I could, and I did. I was tired a lot. I had a child. I had a family. I had parents, and I had brother, and had a job. Didn't think I was going to make it some days, but I knew he was in a hurry to be about his business his way. So in the next lesson, lesson number six, we'll work through Isaiah 61 and 62, the foundational scriptures that tell us and teach us 
what a captive is, what needs to be set free, and how it's going to get done. So you can't go into battle to free things until you know the enemy, and you know what oppression is, and you know what slavery and bondage is. But even if you physically set somebody free, their mind is not free, and neither is their spirit. And there's a lot that goes on in the spirit realm. Mm-hmm that I had to learn to see and know, ask questions about, in order to set the captives free, the Lord's way. As we get through this basic training of Pastor Dan, we'll start picking up on the definitions, the terms. We'll get into some stuff, and you'll hear more of Pastor Deborah's stories. They're almost unbelievable. They are spiritual, supernatural. Pastor Deborah got called and still is too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. Because I was moving in the realm of Christ Jesus. Yeah. I have to listen even to a picture. I have to listen and look very carefully. I have to peer behind what is the flesh and the natural to see the spiritual. I have to know what spiritual side is there working and if god's at work uh -uh, i don't touch it one time we had a hurricane that came into i think new orleans i think it was called katrina and i asked god how come i didn't feel a lot of sympathy for the people there when i saw it was horrible he said why should you i sent the hurricane there was too much sin in that town and the people dispersed and they went out all over the united states to wonderful churches And God was doing a disbursement and a cleansing. When God is at work in his hands, you don't touch it. When enemy is at it and he's behind it, then you do the warfare. Okay? So I want to end here with prayer again. And then you guys can all go have fun. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for our teaching. And for using Pastor Deborah's story and personal life to be a teacher for them. And to show them what she had to learn to help people to set the captives free spiritually, your way, which the cross paid for. That spirit, that forever person that will be there when their physical body dies, whether it's in a womb through abortion, whether it's in childhood through abuse or sickness or cancer. Mm-hmm. Pastor Deborah just did some spiritual work yesterday at Walmart. There was a lady with a young child, maybe a year old, drinking out of the bottle, and she would go and come back to him and say, Oh, you're so rotten. You're so rotten. You're just rotten, smiling and calling her baby rotten. Now, I knew not to go and humiliate her and embarrass her. So I broke those words that she said. I put a scrambler, an angel there, that every time she said the word rotten, The little baby child would hear beautiful, glorious, radiant. And that that curse that she is speaking with smiles, that you are rotten. That is not godly parenting. She doesn't know. She is a mama wearing short shorts. You don't do that. You don't tell your son, your child, they are rotten with a smile on. You are planting seeds in their head. And that will plant and implant in them. And they will grow up and believe they are horrible. They are rotten to the core. And it starts a process of rotting their spirit and their soul. 
And I talked to God. I knew I was not to go up to her and say, excuse me, ma'am, don't say that to your child. She needs a dream. She needs a powerful spiritual experience. She needs conviction brought to her. And only God can do that. Because it wasn't going to do any good there in Walmart to correct her with her son. She would get offensive. Her soul would. But I took care of the spiritual work with the words to protect the child. That's child abuse. Calling your son with a smile. You're rotten. Oh, you're so rotten. Okay. That's going on to children bringing in spiritual captivity, spiritual abuse, putting seeds and concepts and ideas, giving that child an identity that they are a horrible, rotten person. And then when it grows up and it does bad things, you wonder where did that come from? Right there from that mama. And that goes on all the time. Mama's telling their babies to shut up. I'll kill you if you don't do something. Neglect. Too many kids. But in some groups of people, having a baby means money. A HUD home. And the government becomes the husband and the father and the provider. They get free medical. Free this. Free that. Free this. Just have another baby. Maybe you'll get a swimming pool. Everything in the world and spirit, it's messed up. So Pastor Deborah does a lot of cleaning up with messed up spirits and souls. Yeah. So that was just yesterday. I'm doing spiritual work. So that little child will not become a captive of those words and implant in him that he is a rotten person from his mama. Now she's smiling and he's sucking on a bottle and he's kind of looking like, I'm rotten? What does rotten mean? I'm rotten? And he will think those words are loving, kind words. Then you wonder when a man abuses a woman and stuff. It is, it's parenting. Words are powerful. They are containers of blessings or curses. Those words, you are rotten. It wasn't said angrily. It was said with a smile. Oh, you're so rotten. She could have said, you're so cute, so beautiful. And she would have been putting blessings on that child. No, she was giving a word that had a container of curses in it and demonics in it. Spiritually to get implanted in that child. And that child would grow up that he is rotten. And he would be rotting in his soul and death and would be growing. That Pastor Deborah is so sensitive to that stuff. I've seen the hate of Satan come through my husband's eyes. Oh, yeah. When your spirit is weak and not strong, it can be overtaken by anything. Another human, a demonic. Mm-hmm. That's biblical. Having spirits come into you, come into your spirit. You read Ezekiel, and you see about some of his trips. He couldn't even stand in the presence of God without a spirit coming in him and strengthening him. Because for a long time, our spirits are weak. Mine had to get strong. It had to have prayer and prayer and strengthen the presence of the Lord. If I'm going to set the captives free. I do a lot in dreams when I'm sleeping. It goes 24-7. These stories I've been telling you this time. Were some of the foundational things. That you must learn so you can speak. Pray. Discuss with God. Take care of that words. Those curse containers. That you are a rotten child. 
even with a smile and a sweet voice. You see it in politicians. They smile when they talk. Yeah. They call things that are murder and death health care. Somebody has a right to kill an innocent baby. They have a right to it and for taxpayers to pay for it. We got other politicians building big homes and stuff and not caring for their nations. It's all about the soul and the spirit, the subconscious. There are captives to greed and lust and coveting. They have the image and likeness of Satan's heart and mind filled with death and rottenness. And Pastor Deborah had to study it all in order to help the Father set the captives free his way, not the way of mental health counseling. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this teaching. And you will take these precious spirits when they come. What? Some of you have been called rotten and ugly names by your own parents, and you want them broken off? Well, most happily, Father, your teaching and that experience in Walmart yesterday set these captives free of those words that were spoken to them as children by their family or the culture or their teachers. Break those curses and those containers of those words off of them. Pull those roots up of death. Father, they want to be clean and they want to be set free in their soul and their spirit from these words that these people and their parents, just like this mama, had said to her little child. Break them off of them, Lord. Destroy the familiar spirits that are traveling in the family. Destroy the words of this curse, whatever it is. Set the captive spiritually free from these horrible word curses from their parents, their family, their culture. Do a work, Father, that only you can do. Now I know why you had me see that lady. You were going to use it today. And why I felt so compelled to record today a setting the captives free. Because you wanted to do that. And you wanted to use that lady in Walmart. And you wanted me to teach on words and curses. And how even though you're smiling, they still have the same effect. Death and horrible. They're abusive. Father, these little ones that you have drawn to your garden, set them free. According to your word of Isaiah 61 and 62. Fulfill it in their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh. Father, your glory is so beautiful what you are doing. Father, your glory is so beautiful what you are doing. They're getting lighter and lighter. And I see the curses breaking off and the demons live. Thank you, Father. And when they get back to their bodies, Father... To what work in their soul. But let them forgive whoever said it. For they did it in ignorance. And they know not what they did. Father we thank you. That you are the great one. You set the captives free. Nobody else can do that. That through your love. And your peace. And your Holy Spirit. And your word Christ Jesus. You set the captives free. Be about your work Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Oops, I guess everybody's just, everybody just stay where you are. 
Let the music play. Let the flowers sing, Lord. And we'll see all of you back again in lesson number six of Setting the Captives Free with Pastor Deborah. And we will go through the Isaiah 61 and 62 and start looking at the words that mean bondage and oppression, what happened to the spirit, and why it needs to be set free. All right, everybody. See you. Enjoy your freedom. Father, you rejoice, for you are about your work. Thank you for allowing me to just have a little part in it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually. And hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again. Watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments. And if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at agape love is here dot org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.